Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein. That's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. I'm sure our listeners will be uh, listening in and hearing this on uh, signing day eve, right? This is the the night before the madness, the night before December madness. Yeah, this is actually, we're recording this late again. Uh, and ag- just a programming note, we'll probably record late again tomorrow because with signing day the way it is, um, by the time you listen to the podcast, we'll be making predictions that are so wrong, like abnormally wrong, because it, they will already have been proven wrong. So I think it's going to be better if we wait and and record this a little bit later in the day again tomorrow. I don't even know exactly what time. We may not even cut it tomorrow until the evening when like all the dust is settled and yeah when the, so, when the election results are in when the results are in when cnn can declare a winner yeah jace mcclellan i'm calling it i'm caught with two percent of the crystal balls in i'm calling jace mcclellan for alabama um and see you so already hard. said you were going to be really wrong that's that's not going to be wrong jace, yeah, jace I, McClellan, I don't think alabama no it's, it's 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 the worst it's the worst kept secret in norman oklahoma when even the Oklahoma moderators are like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and predict him to Alabama. I know it says committed to Oklahoma <laughs> on every list. That's not the way it is. <clears throat> it's like, yeah, we called him to check on those rumors, and uh, he didn't answer the phone. It went straight to voicemail, and it was the Alabama fight song. Um, yeah, there, there's no doubt. Uh, so let's start, let's start right there. Jace McClellan might be the biggest news of the day for Alabama tomorrow. Is, is that what you think? I mean, I think in terms of like the big, the big name that committed to Alabama late, that was a surprise signing. Uh, and it's not that big of a surprise because I think this has been hinted at and talked about for quite some time. It'll be the second commitment that we've taken from Oklahoma. Uh, Drew Sanders, who's one of the best kids we've got in this class, was also committed to Oklahoma before switching. And and let me tell you, I think both switches had nothing to do with the program and had nothing to do with, oh, I'd rather play for Alabama than Oklahoma. I think it was really positional for both. Uh, Oklahoma is an offense-first program. They look at Drew Sanders, uh, who's a freak athlete, and of course they want to play him on offense. They want to play him at tight end because uh, Oklahoma likes to score 75 points a game. Uh, Alabama, while being a very good offensive team right now, still has a defensive head coach in Nick Saban who wants to put his best athletes on defense if possible. Alabama looks at Drew Sanders and says, uh, hey, uh, we, we think you can play defense. And that's what Drew wants to do. He wants to play defense. And uh, that's why he's choosing Alabama over Oklahoma. Jace McClellan uh, wants to be a feature back. And while it's true that Oklahoma oftentimes has productive backs, I mean, they have backs that have 1,000-yard seasons uh they haven't had a heisman trophy winning running back since probably probably billy sims and and and, and not a big time back since adrian peterson they run a completely different type of offense now which kind of features the outside playmakers and the quarterback so uh mcclellan looks at alabama like as a more running back friendly offense than oklahoma so i really think uh it's positional and case-by-case basis as to why both kids decommitted from Oklahoma and, uh, and and are apparently signing with Alabama tomorrow. Uh, both are huge pickups. Uh, McClellan is a national elite back, which is the term I use to describe really 
just the, just the the top group of of running backs available in the country. Uh, he's he's up there with the Zach Evans, you know, athletically in terms of who's the best back in this class in the country. He's really in that discussion. Uh, and, and of course, Drew Sanders, in my opinion, is one of the top ten prospects in America, regardless of position. So we uh, we end up swiping a couple of pretty good ones from old Boomer sooner. And as we're talking, um, this just came over the wire that Bama Online is reporting uh, Darnell Washington will not sign tomorrow. Interesting. Will not sign. Will not he's sign. Not he's not signing tweet- at all. He's just not signing tomorrow. I mean, I, you know, whatever. Um, he's just not signing. So I, I hear that's interesting. Alabama, it's, it's Alabama, Georgia, or Tennessee there. I mean, that's what it is for him. I, I think it's those three. It would be a complete shock if it was someone else. Georgia has had all the early momentum. Well, early, early, early momentum was Alabama. Then the momentum switched to Georgia where it sat for a long time, and it has long been presumed that Darnell would choose Georgia in the end. I think uh, reading tea leaves and hearing uh, various uh, smoke uh, out there and the fact that he's not signing tomorrow is bad for Georgia because that's that's obviously been the place that, that everybody thought he would end up. The late momentum appears to be with Tennessee. My guess is, without knowing, Luke, uh, I would think Darnell is highly conflicted because I think all along he thought Alabama, then he thought Georgia – now he might be thinking Tennessee, and now he might be hitting the brakes going, whoa, 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 this is all happening way too fast. I need to hit the reset button and uh, and think this through uh, before he, he actually puts pen to paper. So a little surprising, but, uh, you know, if I had to bet, I would say Tennessee. I know that would shock people, but if I had to bet money right now, I'm going to say Tennessee. And for all the people who go, why on earth would you want to choose Tennessee over Alabama and Georgia? You have to stop thinking like a fan or stop thinking like an Alabama fan or stop thinking like a fan that's like all these kids care about is contending for a proven national championship program. That That's not even close to the reality of, of, of life or the decision that these kids make. Uh, I have no idea why the main reason Darnell would sign with Tennessee, but I know this, if he goes to Alabama, he's going to be fighting for playing time. He's going to be fighting for a spot in the offense. He's going to be fighting for spotlight with Jalen Waddell perhaps the return of Henry Ruggs and Devontae Smith, Alabama's very talented tailbacks like Trey Sanders and now Jace McClellan coming in. If he goes to Tennessee, he's the show. I mean, he's the show. And don't tell me that uh, you can't go to Tennessee and be the first pick in the draft. We know you can do that from Tennessee. You can do that basically from any any Power 5 program. You can be the first pick in the draft. So uh, it's not always about winning a national championship or or, or signing with a proven national championship contender. That's not the only factor for these kids. No, it's not. And look, I think his waiting to sign is like you said, it's, it's bad for Georgia and probably good for anybody else is what the way I would yep. read that. Yep. Um, so the other guy that's really interesting tomorrow is JJ Pegues. Um, I, I feel like that's a really interesting one. Uh, because it seemed like he was all Auburn for a little bit. And there are all kind of interweb reports now that Alabama's got the momentum and he may end up at Alabama. And if you watch him in Alabama, Mississippi all-star game, the kid is huge. 
I mean, he's a monster. And he's got he doesn't look like a tight end, does he? He doesn't look like a tight end at all. In fact, I mean, all I could think either when he was on offense was, holy hell, I'd love to see that guy on defense. That's all I could think. (laughs) You know, and that may be um, where he ends up. With him, it's interesting to me because you don't see this too often, Luke, but you know how, like, let's say a kid plays quarterback in high school and he's, let's say, six foot, 190 pounds, and he plays quarterback, but, but he can really run. And uh, even though he throws the ball pretty well, you're like, wow, this kid can run. He's 190 pounds. He might play running back, but he, he, he runs like a four or five. He can play receiver. He, he has the body of a defensive back. He's got hips like a corner, but he can hit like a safety. I mean, this guy can play five positions. And, and those kids really excite you. And, and, and the, the industry, the recruiting industry, is going to list that guy as an athlete, ATH, you know, athlete. Like, hey, every program's got a different idea as to where this guy might fit. Well, J.J. Pegues is the exact same thing, except he's 280 pounds. So he, he's a guy I would just classify as an athlete because I think if five different programs watch his tape, I think you're going to get five different opinions as to where he should play at the next level. I think some teams look at him and say, let's trim him up and keep him at tight end. Somebody else looks at him and says, this guy's a really athletic offensive lineman. Let's try him at center. I think other people like myself and Luke look at him and say the very first thing we're going to do is put him on defense because that, that, that's certainly what I would do like, like Luke's talking about. So Pegues, much like those slash skill players, uh, he's really an athlete, meaning that who knows what the plan for him will be. It's probably different school to school. He's most often listed as a tight end. But let me tell you, my experience following recruiting is if they show up at 280, they're leaving over 300. Yeah, there's no that, – that's going to happen. And there um, ain't no 300-pound tight ends. There's just not. No, I mean, there might be, but they don't – they don't play. Uh, they don't play at the University of Alabama, <laughs> <laughs> and they don't play on third and ten. Yeah, I mean that's just they, not they happening. Play on the goal line. I compared him earlier. I was talking with a buddy, uh, you know, that knows the program really well. I I was comparing him. I think a great comparison to you, longtime Alabama fans that remember players all the way back to the Dubose era. We had a tight end back then named Sean Draper, uh, mm-hmm. who was highly recruited, pretty highly recruited, similarly to Piggies. And uh, Draper, uh, while he was at Alabama, I believe, spent time on the offensive line. He spent some time playing defense where I think he was recruited to play. Uh, And then in his fifth year, after not being really a massive contributor, in his fifth year he became a huge contributor as a tight end, even at 280 pounds plus. Uh, And he was the primary blocking tight end in 1999, clearing the way for Sean Alexander, who, you know, was SEC Player of the Year and and a Heisman candidate. Uh, and, and he did a lot of that running behind Sean Draper, uh, who would then go on to the NFL and played uh, several seasons in the NFL as an offensive lineman. Um, I, I see Pegues as Sean Draper. I think he's that guy, which means he might not be a star at the next level, but he's a guy that once he gets in the right role, you can win games with that dude. Uh, it, once he's in the right role, maybe that is as a blocking tight end. It could be as a, as a, as a defensive lineman. Well, we'll see. I, I would like to have him and find out because you don't normally see kids as athletic as he is that weigh what he weighs. No, that is that is certainly true. And uh, he did have very nimble feet for a dude as large as he was. And, you know, what I'm thinking about 
is a guy his size. Man, he's got to be like a, a quadruple XL shirt. And speaking of shirts, you should go to Breaking Tea. If you are looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn backslash LockedOn. And then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. That's Breaking Tea, just the letter T, not T-E-E. BreakingTea.com backslash locked on um all right so great i'm gonna check that out right when we're recording here i'm heading i'm heading straight to the website right to al gore's interwebs um so all right jimmy who else out there that we philip webb anything anything probably lsu let's go lsu there and uh again not a rejection of alabama it's just the fact that alabama has six linebackers committed in this class and and uh six that's a lot Four is a lot. Six is a whole hell of a lot. Well, just just got too crowded that spot for him, and uh, obviously a hell of a player. He'll go to LSU, and something tells me we're going to be hearing his name semi-frequently over the next three or four years. Yeah, I really was hoping to make room for him. I like him a lot. Um, and I say make room for him like it's our call. It's not really our call. Um, but should be. Yeah, it should be our should call. Be. If they wanted it well run smartly well run it would should be our call but it's not it won't be yeah philip why don't you listen to people that have your best interests, like me and jimmy yeah exactly you should go to alabama and be our seventh our seventh best linebacker in this class no actually he would be one of the better ones he's he's really good he's better just to be honest he's better than some of the guys that are committed to us but but these guys have already been committed to us we're not gonna and we can't really sign seven I think we would sign seven because Philip Webb is that good, but Webb doesn't want to be the seventh guy. So we just, uh, you know, we just signed a bunch. Of, I get asked all the time about Reggie Grimes, who's, who's a good prospect. He's not signing early, by the way. He's he's deciding to sign late uh, and won't be signing with Oklahoma early. I think Alabama might take another look at him. But but the main reason that Alabama and Grimes never hooked up is this, the same reason we already got six linebackers and. He's sort of an edge guy, but uh, we've already got Chris Braswell. We've already got Drew Sanders. We already got Will Anderson, who's a heck of a lot like Reggie Grimes, uh, but maybe even better. So just just no room at the end. Uh, one of the things that's frustrating for me, several things frustrate me as a fan of Falls recruiting, several things. I have so many soapboxes. But one of them is just the numbers in the sense that we have all these fans are like, I want to sign this guy, I want to sign this guy, I want to sign this guy. We, we can only sign 25 or 28. So always want to ask every single person that's going nuts over, why aren't we offering Reggie Grimes? I'll say, okay, we'll take him. Who are you taking off? Take yeah. someone off the commitment list before you add him. We can't sign 38 guys. It's, it's 27 in this class, maybe 28, more likely 25. And by the way, we'll max out and sign 27 or 28, then read all summer. Why aren't we adding a grad transfer? Well, they count against the 28, dummy. I mean, again, you can, there's only a limited amount of guys you can sign, and, and everybody gets excited and they want to sign 80 guys. But anyhow, Reggie Grimes is not uh, a terrible football player or not a good prospect. We're just full at that spot. That's, that's it. I like how you went, uh, we're full at the end right here at Christmas, sort of a 
you know, know, sort of a that? Christian tie-in there. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. Um, well, who's your who's your favorite guy that's going to be signing tomorrow? Christian Story, the best Christian story since Jonah Noel. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Feel free to use it on the road. <laughs> you said uh, you, you, you like the, the Christian tie-ins. There's one. No, uh, in terms of like th- this answer is boring because it, it's everybody's answer, but it should be everybody's answer, and that's Bryce Young. Uh, Bryce is not only a great prospect. I mean, and by great, I mean he, he's a he's a fantastic prospect. Uh, he checks every box except size. Uh, great kid, just a great kid. He's going to be one of the most popular players to ever play at Alabama. Very poised, very mature, uh, likable, uh, great talent, fun to watch, exciting. Uh, the best player comp is Kyler Murray. Uh, he's a lot like Kyler Murray as a player. And look what Kyler Murray's doing as a rookie in the NFL. Um, and, and, and Bryce is the same type talent that Kyler is. And Kyler's a great guy. Everybody liked Kyler. Kyler's very popular at Oklahoma. And I think popular around the country. I think most people like Kyler. Bryce Young is even more likable than Kyler. I mean, he's just a super dude and a great talent. And I don't know that he'll be the starting quarterback next year, uh, particularly if Tua comes back. That'll be Tua's spot if Tua comes back. If Tua doesn't leave, he's got a heck of a fight on his hands with not just Mac Jones, but with Talia Tungavaloa. And uh, I don't know that he'll be the quarterback next year, but I feel very confident in saying that at some point Bryce Young will be Alabama's starting quarterback, and he will end up being one of the best we've ever had and one of the most popular. So I know it's kind of boring to go with the headliner, as my favorite in the class, but man, I've got the total bro crush on Bryce Young. Yeah, I, and boy, the way you've been waxing poetic, I wouldn't even call it a bro crush. I think it's just a regular, <laughs> full on crush. I think it. I think that qualifies. I mean, um, Ariana Grande out, Bryce Young in. I, I'm down with it, man. I, I, I like the way you roll, uh, but. I think he is the obvious answer. I think that's you're exactly right. That's who you have to go with. Um, and you know, I don't think we know enough about him yet because he is on the West Coast. And you know, I've stayed up and watched some of his games uh, in throughout the playoffs. But the only reason I was able to stay up and watch some of his games is because I do a scoreboard show on Friday nights. And so I would come home late anyway. Otherwise I would have long since been in bed. And so I can see why some people, you know, just haven't caught, caught Bryce young fever just yet. They should catch it. It's contagious and it's awesome. I got it. (laughs) If, if, if Christopher Columbus had brought over Bryce young fever instead of smallpox, we'd all be a better country. Uh, But (laughs) I'm taking shots at Christopher Columbus right here at Christmas. I don't even know if that's good or bad. Um, yeah, he's one of my least favorite genocidal explorers. So <laughs> you go right ahead. You know, top five, top five. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, all right. So who, now we're taking three running backs, and I'll tell you something I found interesting. Jameer Gibbs just made the inaugural Sports Illustrated um, All American team for high school. Yeah. And yeah, he did. I haven't and, seen that. And he did. First team? He's first team. 
Yeah, I mean, I With, thought that was who? Who's the uh, other Jason Max? McClellan wasn't on it. Um, hmm. uh, who else was on there? I don't I remember. Love, he hey, just stood out. I don't have it in front hey, of me. I love this call. I, I first of all, I don't agree with. I don't agree with it. There's no way I agree with. It. As a matter of fact, I, I don't know that if, if we're doing two backs on a team, I don't know that I'd put him on my first through fifth team. But I love opinions like that. I love it. I, I, I wish more analysts would like. Hey, screw conventional wisdom. This is just my personal opinion, and I'm going with this. Uh, I love this kid, and I think he's going to be fantastic. And who the hell knows if you're going to be right or wrong? Uh, I love analysts that take a that, that, that you know take a chance on, that take a chance on being wrong, you know, and 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 just go with how you feel. I love it. Um, well, that's exactly what they did. I mean, they you know they took a big old chance. Um, I would say that uh, that kid going to Georgia does- Tech. He is going to Georgia Tech. Um, but, you know, he did put up pretty astonishing numbers. I mean, there's oh, no, yeah, doubt no doubt about that. Good he's... competition. I watched the tape. Good player. Good player. No doubt he's a good player. I'm just saying I would take McClellan. I would take Roy Dell Williams over him. Yeah. Now, that, see, that's me going out on the limb. But uh, I would. And, and I, it's not a diss on Gibbs to say that, you know. Uh, and certainly Zachary Evans it remains even to me better than McClellan athletically. There's just a lot of questions about Zach Evans off the field, which is why he's never really been locked into one team or another. I think every team's taken an extra long look at him uh, to see if he's somebody that can't straighten out. You know, uh, my feeling is he's going to end up at A&M. But athletically, Zach Evans is probably the best player. Now let's see if Jimbo Fisher can straighten him out because he did a hell of a job with James Winston. Well, I don't know if you're being serious or not. No, no, no. That was extremely sarcastic. (laughs) I mean, I was trying to, I was like, uh, yeah, that was, man, that was downtown sarcasm because I mean, it it flew right over my head. I was like, see, I used to like, that's a soapbox thing for me. I used to like Jimbo Fisher. I I used to think, man, Saban, protege, good coach, offensive mind, quarterback guru. And then Jameis Winston shows up a turd over there and just becomes a smellier turd the whole time he's over there with Jimbo Fisher backing him up and not suspending him for multiple games like he should have and, 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 and basically coddling him instead of parenting him like he needed. And uh, I've, I've sort of lost respect. I still like Jimbo Fisher to a degree, and I guess everybody deserves a mulligan. And he did win the national championship with Jameis Winston. To some extent, he can say he got the last laugh, but at what cost? At what cost, Jimbo? At what cost? But $75 million? Uh, there's the yes, that would there's be right. my answer there's if nice I were him. Number. Yeah, if I were him talking to you, um, it, that would be. Do you remember that? Do you remember that Simpsons when uh, they had the crossover with? Oh God, what was the the critic? Um, John Lovitz yeah. was the the comic yeah. book Very the funny. critic, and um, so that they had a Simpsons crossover, and the the critic John well, I forget his character's name. He was doing a uh, an interview with Rainier Wolfcastle, who was the <laughs> Simpsons equivalent of, uh, of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And right. the, they were showing, like, he, obviously he was a critic of movies. And so they were showing his latest movie, like a preview of it. And it, it was just like him shooting a bunch of bullets and, and, you know, shooting at random people and random things. And uh, he said, that's the entire movie. It goes on like that for 45 minutes, an hour and 45 minutes. And John Levitz goes, yeesh, how do you sleep at night? And he goes, 
on top of a pile of money with many beautiful ladies. <laughs> and it, I was like, yep, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's what Jimbo Fisher just did to you. Was he said, uh, what cost Jimbo? And I had that coming. What did this cost you? Like oh, him. I don't know. I don't know what it cost me. It cost them 75 mil guaranteed. So yeah. And I like, I'm doing just fine. I like Jimbo. I go, I just, I was just a little like Jimbo. Couldn't, couldn't we have handled that one a little better, but hell, he might say, Dude, how can I handle it any better? We never lost a freaking game with the kid at quarterback. <laughs> no, he did. Right. He, he lost. Uh, he lost to Oregon he pretty bad. Lost to Oregon. He did. He did. Take and, that, and, Jimbo. And in fact, I would say the Oregon loss with Jameis Winston is maybe Jameis Winston's most memorable on the field moment. I mean, he can't, if and I remember this pretty vividly because um, right before the playoffs. Uh, there was actually a clip of me interviewing Jameis Winston at the um, Alabama, Mississippi. No, at the preseason, like the AHSA media days before his senior season, I was interviewing him and there was three seconds of Jameis Winston talking to me as I had the microphone in his face and he's just yammering away and I'm just nodding my head. And it was just all over ESPN, all over sports center. I mean, all over college game day. And it, my phone was blowing up. They were like, holy shit, you were just on game day. And I was like, really? What did, what did I do? What did I say? They were like, oh, you just nodded. You didn't do shit. You were, but you were, you were, you were interviewing Jamison at the same time, ignoring him. Yeah. You, you nodded your ass off, but you did nothing. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, so, but his first collegiate game was against Pittsburgh. And I think he had five total touchdowns in that first game. And I remember I was like, oh my God. Hey, I yeah. remember watching that. Yep. Oh, it was on a Thursday night, if I remember right. I think that's exactly right. I remember, and, and they were talking Heisman before the game was over. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. And, and they during the game, they're going, "This guy's going to win a Heisman." Yeah. Well, they and they had a point. I mean, they were right, and he did. He, he did, and he did. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, I mean, he's a good example of, of how tough it is to evaluate. I, I watched Jameis play a, a playoff game in person uh, in the Mobile area where they lost to a really good Spanish Four team. And Jameis must have been two of 14 for 19 yards and three picks and got sacked six times. And I am positive a lot of football fans left that stadium that had never seen Jameis play before and went, how overrated is that piece of crap? He, He was useless out there. He's just not good. And then less than two years later, he was standing in New York City with that Heisman Trophy in his hands. And it's, I mean, it's just, it just shows how difficult evaluation is and, and how there's so much of a focus on production, you know, in terms of passes completed and touchdowns versus interceptions. And, 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 and but, but really, it, it, it really is all about tools. And while Jameis was having a bad day out there because his offensive line could not block, he might as well have been behind a, a, a team of Victoria's Secret models trying to block the 1985 Chicago Bears. I mean, it, it looked like that. And it was hard to notice that he was tall with a rocket arm and great feet and a poised guy. And the three or four wow plays he made under unbelievable duress, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to notice. But But recruiting and evaluation is all about tools and not – necessarily about production right yeah I, I don't know how we got uh yeah, what we talked about locked on locked on bama recruiting special 2000 
19 for Alabama Crimson Tide. And here's 45 minutes at Jameis Winston talk, everybody. <laughs> Enjoy. And now let's do another 10 minutes on how we didn't prioritize Jameis, instead recruited Gunnar Keel and lost them both. <laughs> Gunnar Keel, holy Next. shit. You talk about a blast from the past. My God. There are going to be some people who listen to this podcast. And by the way, uh, Jimmy, we have invited uh, some of your your female friends. Ooh, it's a lady to be on the show with us. Um, and you know them, and they're they're great girls. They run a their own podcast. Uh, but you know what? We cross promote here at Locked On. Well, Bell. they have a video. Yeah, yeah, they have it actually. Well, I mean, it looks better than us. So they actually have a, a video podcast. I guess you'd call it. They do. They do it on YouTube on video. Uh, Bama uh, Bama Network. And uh, they do a really good job with it. I, I watch it every week. And, yeah, I know them because they're uh, wanting to be uh, sports media like ourselves. And that's how I know them and uh, try to help them out best we can. And we're going to help them out by putting them on this podcast and seeing how much they know about Jameis Winston. Yeah, this would be the one podcast when we have them on. <laughs> we need to do this. We need to do this video-wise. Because I think yeah. people would be like, oh, my God, uh, this Locked on Bama thing, they have good-looking college girls on all the time. And this is going to be very <laughs> awkward. This is also going to be very awkward for you and me because at our ages, you know, we're both pushing yeah. 50. I don't know if we can actually tell them, hey, y'all are y'all are really good-looking. And, and y'all yeah. know sports? Yeah. Oh, my God, that's fantastic. Because you cross over into, hey – that's not appropriate from you anymore. I don't even know if I can call a woman good looking anymore. <laughs> no, we'll be, there'll be uh, uh, our, all six of our fans out there will be calling our podcast, the two Musburgers. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that'll be our, um, that's our new handle. Uh, Musburger <laughs> at stalkers.com. You know what the funniest thing you always talk about? You're, you're talking about funny, the funniest thing I've ever seen on the on social media, on the internet in my life. Every time I hear his name, I just start cracking up. I can't stop laughing. It's the funniest thing I've ever heard or ever seen. But uh, it was a, it was probably a year or two after the Musburger stuff about Catherine Webb and A.J. McCarron. It's probably a year after that, maybe two years. And a rumor uh, it was probably to some extent true, but, you know, every, every relationship has its ups and downs. There was a rumor that caught fire for about 12 hours that AJ and Catherine Webb had broken up and it got all over the Internet. <laughs> Somebody put up a picture of Brent Musburger uh, as John Cusack and, uh, and, and, say, and anything? Uh, was, say anything holding up that boom box. <laughs> Oh man, I think it was Musburger in his old man trench coat and his hat oh, oh, <laughs> holding oh, up that boom box. Oh, oh my gosh, How I kind of feel like Nick that. Saban should do that with Eric Gilbert. <laughs> yeah, we should Photoshop that <laughs> really, sitting out there. Yeah. All right. Really well, that's wrap or, or any def- or any defensive lineman. I guess we need to talk about recruiting a little bit tomorrow. I'm, I'm a little uh, on the upside. Uh, one of the best quarterbacks we've signed in school history. Uh, also on the upside, the greatest large collection of linebackers we have ever signed in school history. That's the upside. The downside, uh, we, we needed to do better on the defensive line. And, and, and we have said that four of the past five years. 
and, and it catches up with us on the field. And uh, that's, uh, that's the downside. Um, all right, everybody. Well, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, all types of uh, recruiting Dining information. Day. It's going to be another late Dining podcast, day. everybody. So uh, y'all just well, bear with us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't y'all rather it, that? But wouldn't they rather? Wouldn't the people the rather that? Yeah, be, we, we would. I mean, if we if we did it at six in the morning and they heard it at ten or eleven, you know, they would have better information than we had at the time we recorded it. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need to do a little later. Yeah, I mean, you already know more than us. Why would you want it to make it official? You know? <laughs> now they're I mean, just rubbing it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people are like, yeah, let me go check out these two dumbasses that know even less than I do. <laughs> yep. They, they turn on our podcast, listen to 30 seconds ago, Germans, Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Turn it off. <laughs> All right, everybody, roll tide. We will talk all recruiting tomorrow, baby. Recruiting National Signing Day, what has long been a holiday in LJS Lawland. There we go. Roll tide. All right, everybody, talk to you all tomorrow. Roll tide. Roll tide.